You're listening to the Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. I'm joined via Skype audio by Yakudu Yago, who is the uh, CEO of the ACFE South Africa. It's almost a year since uh, we chatted to Yakud. In those days, we could still meet in studio and chat face to face. Yaku, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jet. Um, thanks for, for inviting us again. Tell me, Yaku, have you, have you grown a beard during this lockdown? <laughs> I tried, but my wife got me to shave again, so no. Um, <laughs> and uh, we started working from office as well, um, keeping our social distancing, but uh, and uh, not seeing clients at this stage. Um, but, but uh, yeah, we, we've been working all along, so. It must be very difficult for your members. I'm in, in a similar industry. We investigate financial crime, and your members are predominantly investigators and involved in the investigation of crime, which means they have to liaise with the police, they have to liaise with the courts, the NPA, etc. And we're seeing an exponential growth, if not explosion, within law enforcement, hearing of 8 to 10, sometimes 12 police stations closed within a day. Do you think your members are finding it easy to communicate with the authorities during this time, or do you think working remotely um, has its advantages? Well, it's got its advantages, um, but also then the disadvantages, as you correctly pointed out. So um, over and above just what you just mentioned is a lot of companies have been uh, started to, to close down because of the economy. Um, we've seen a number of our members, and, and we can list, for instance, Econ, who's, who's closing or already sent 22,000 uh, of, of its employees uh, retrenchment letters. Um, so if you work in these circumstances, it makes it extremely difficult to operate as, a, as an internal uh, fraud examiner. Um, as, number one, you've got this um, short of your head, um, of what's going to happen with you, but in the other, uh, on the other hand, you also need to protect the, the organisation. As, as closures usually lead to even more fraud from being perpetrated. Um, we got um, word of a of a of a government department um, that that links to a transport entity where the transport entity closed down and the number of the people there uh, committed massive fraud. Um, so you've got this, uh, this, this need towards protecting the entity. Um, you've got the need to do your work efficiently, uh, effectively, but then you get hampered by all these other things like um, social distancing, like uh, working from home and, and the other um, government departments or the, the, the people that's involved currently is not operational, uh, where you need to get, gather information from. You've got this ability or the, the, that being hampered by the departments where they work in, in shifts. So they don't work full time as they usually used to do in the past. So you can talk to a person today and Tomorrow, that person is not working, and you need to, uh, to to tell another person the same story all over again because it's it's uh, the, the the previous person's day off. So you, it's it's really difficult to work under these circumstances. And and um, I must say, I've also seen that more and more companies now see 
the effect of not having professionals um, employed as well. Um, we see the effectiveness going down, um, money flowing out of, of, of organizations, and purely because of the fact that the people that they employed is not professionals. Uh, they, they've been able to get along um, up to a point um, in the companies and all the, all the organizations, um, being protected sometimes even by the executives because of nepotism. Um, but now that they need to work from home and need to operate and be efficient and effective and look at the risks of the organization, now they are not able to do that. And that's where having professionals that know what to look for is, um, is, is coming more and more forward. Um, and, and people now starting to insist on employing, um, or contracting, um, people that know what to do. That makes a lot of sense. And unfortunately, with a international pandemic declared a disaster in South Africa, you have fraudsters taking full advantage of the situation, as we've seen with PPE-related fraud, where big companies are being affected because it was a perfect storm for fraudsters. People couldn't physically go out, inspect stock, etc. So there's still a huge need for qualified fraud examiners and investigators out there it's just that with this, with these closures of massive companies, there's the domino effect that smaller companies are being impacted on, and we're not seeing as much fraud being reported within certain spaces as one would expect due to the, the, the two factors we've discussed. Number one, the police stations, the specialized units, the courts being affected by COVID, and number two, these, these companies closing. But I note that you've been updating the public as well as your members on the different frauds. Have you, have you, or your members discussed or experienced any significant increases in frauds over this COVID-19 period? Yeah, well, over the weekend, I've been told by one of by one of the um, the people that I've met at the I had a puncture and, and I went to take my car in for to to, to uh, well to fix the puncture uh, in my tire, and the person um, that I met there at the, at this one shop indicated to me that they just um, detected uh, 128 million rand fraud being perpetrated in one of the government departments. So massive frauds taking place. Um, money that sh- should have gone to for COVID purposes and not not getting to the people that that should get the money. And one always and 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 I always say it's it's not the the people that can afford it that suffers that most. Yeah, we all suffer. Uh, but the people that really need it desperately that suffers most um, in, in these in these times in these trying times. So what we've seen is uh, a, a number of new techniques or scams coming forward. Um, as you correctly indicate, we we regularly um, raise it on our acfe.com and acfe.sa.co.za websites. We publish it in our Facebook. Um, and that's why one of the things that we've, we've pushed this year for is uh, two things, uh, actually. Uh, number one, to, to make sure that our conference is dealing with topics that is specifically relating to what businesses face with each and every day. And secondly, we've decided this year we're going to break away from the norm of dealing with um, our International Fraud Awareness Week only looking at uh, the public sector, 
but really going to the public themselves and to say that how can you protect yourself as a as a citizen, as a person who's targeted um, every day through different scams. For instance, um, one of the scams that we've seen pick up exponentially is the fact uh, that the scammers go after people having Facebooks, especially students um, and school uh, people in schools. Um, we, they would take a picture of you um, because of you not having a closed Facebook account. They'll take a picture of you, um, put your face on a naked picture, and then um, uh, hold you to ransom to say that we're going to publish this to all your uh, your friends on Facebook. Um, we're going to put it into newspapers. I saw this one student where they actually went as far as to say that they're working from one of the uh, News 24, and they're going to publish it in in all the News uh, 24 papers. Um, trying to get the person to pay a thousand five hundred rand for the, for the picture that not to be released, and the, the students are innocent. So how do you protect yourself? So this is one of the things that we really wanted to look after uh, at this year is how do we look after the public? How do we ensure that you start protecting yourself? How do we? How can we get rid of all these syndicates out there um, in South Africa and abroad that targets our people? Um, and, and we need to get our people to be uh, more clever in protecting themselves, their businesses, um, and and their shareholders. Um, uh, if, if you've got businesses, so we're looking at this. Some valid points you made there. What you raised about extortion is exceptionally fascinating. It's it's been on the increase for the last couple of years in South Africa, and the unfortunate part is is that once a person's made a payment, the people don't leave them alone because they now know that that mark is willing to pay, whereas if the person just ignores them, they move on to their next mark. And, yes, the the, the, the threatening um, of putting it into the newspapers, etc. you and I both know that that's not going to happen. But, unfortunately, a victim sitting on the other side of a computer screen doesn't realize that this is, in fact, a scam. Yaku, time is catching up with us. Last year, you had an incredible conference. You had just on a 1,000 delegates. Sadly, we didn't have as many as anticipated because there was a slight rise in xenophobic violence at that time that resulted in some of the neighboring countries and other African states not attending. But a 1,000 was a record, and it was an incredible conference. This year, you faced with COVID, and you've had to go virtual. In the last couple of minutes, tell us a little bit about the virtual conference, what's planned, and how people can register for the annual conference. Well, going virtual gives us actually the opportunity of going wider, um, reaching people that's unable to travel um, to us, um, usually to the conference. Uh, we've, we've dropped our price uh, uh, by far to make sure that we can reach more people. Um, as you know, we also deal with uh, chapters and, and people in Africa, so we hope to reach a lot of them. Um, the, the speakers that we, that we got for this year's conference, uh, what we've done is we usually hold, as you would know, only a three-day conference. Um, we decided to hold a, a five-day conference this year, talking about more um, fraud schemes and scams and how, we can, uh, how you can protect yourself as well as your company. We've got people talking from cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and other currencies that's currently used, um, um, as you would know, for instance, Johannesburg uh, City was held to ransom uh, where they asked Bitcoins. Um, 
How do you do investigations? How can you protect yourself Bitcoin-wise? Uh, and what to look f- uh, out for when you have Bitcoin yourself? Can people get access to your, uh, your passwords and things like that? We are going to look at things like uh, your business, uh, managing proliferation in your organization. We're going to look at things like ATM tampering. Um, how does it occur? Um, you must understand that ATM is a, is, a, is a computer, it's a machine. So we're going to look at ATM tampering and online uh, cybercrime. We got the, the head of the MasterCard International uh, Forensic Division to come and talk to us about credit cards, MasterCards, all the security built into the MasterCards, um, what you look for in the MasterCard when it's presented to you as a payment mechanism. So we're going to look at things like corruption. Uh, what's the effect of corruption on your organization, on your reputation, um, and in Africa? We've got the, the head of the, uh, the Auditor General coming to talk to us about the new um, legislation that was implemented, uh, I think, two years ago, a year and a half ago. And some of the successes of holding municipalities and other uh, government, uh, government institutions um, accountable so this is a nice to have, to see also um, what they are doing. Um, we've got people to talk about um, how not to commit fraud um, and, and how to do business in Africa. A lot of people ask you to, to provide them with this facilitation payment in order to, to streamline transactions. Um, what, what's happening here? Uh, that, that's corruption. Um, how can you get out of a situation where you need to pay a bribe? Um, and if you pay a bribe, is it only the government uh, or the legislation in that specific country that that comes into play? Or is it international legislation like the UK Bribery Act and other legislations? We talk about systems that you can implement within your organization to detect um, your your employees that's involved in, in, in fraud. Remember... But if you look at the bigger picture, 64% of all fraud is being perpetrated internally. So do you spend your money wisely in detecting and preventing fraud internally? Um, so there's, there's so many things that we are touching on. Anti-money laundering man, uh, management, um, ethics. How do you create an ethical culture within your organization ensuring that staff will report unethical behavior, fraud? From occurring. So how do you predict the finances of your organization or the organization that where you want to invest within? Um, so it's a real, it's, it's five days packed, um, with various different topics. Um, people are more than welcome to go and have a look at their website at the program there. Um, and I, I really, um, would actually encourage people to get involved, learn more. Um, and, and stand up against fraud because it's affecting each and every one of us. Yaku, so, but thank you so much for that. Um, it sounds like an intense, um, knowledge-filled five days. I'll be directing our listeners to the website via our social media page, Confidential Brief Radio Show. And as usual, it's been great chatting to you. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Chad.